Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Well, hello, everyone. We are solidly moving into May. I hope wherever you are, it's starting to warm up and flowers are blooming. You're in for a treat today if you're listening live or if you're listening later because you're about to meet Tasha L. Harrison. And if you haven't met her or read her books yet, oh, my gosh, you have books to buy. Um, Anyway, if you haven't (laughs) met her yet, I'll read her bio here so you can get to know her a little bit more. Um, She's often accused of navigating life without a filter. Tasha L. Harrison has managed to brand herself as the author who crafts characters and stories that make you feel all the feels. She writes erotica and erotic romance with heroines just as brazen as herself and heroes that know that they are messy and dramatic, but you love them anyway. (laughs) She lives in upstate South Carolina with her husband and two sons. You can find out more at her website. I did put a link to her website right there on Blog Talk. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, you can click that anytime and check out her website, what she's up to. She has a really great Patreon that's going, so we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But there's a link there so you can get involved on her Patreon and sign up for her newsletter. So don't forget to click the link. But I don't want to delay anymore. Tasha, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yay! Thanks so much for coming on today. I know that you are having a wonderful vacation at the beach, right? Yes, yes. Much needed. First of the year. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much for spending some of your vacation with us. <laughs> no problem. No problem. And the new book that you have out, she said, yes, it takes place at a beach, doesn't it? Isn't it somewhere exotic? Part part of it is uh, it's in Costa Rica. So part of it is in uh, city and then the jungle and then the beach. Yeah. Ah. So it's very exotic locale for, for people who like that kind of thing. And can you tell everybody about the book? Because it has quite an Internet following on Twitter. But for people who maybe aren't on Twitter and don't know, can you tell us about She Said Yes and why everyone should go grab it? Sure. Um, it is uh, the second book in a duet. The first book is If She Says Yes. Um, and it's an uh, older woman, younger man story, something I kind of wrote, like, just for funsies. And <laughs> I thought, <laughs> silly me, <laughs> I thought that I would just write, like, that little short novel and be done with it. And then people just got obsessed with these characters and were like, um, we want the rest of the story because I ended it on a happy for now. And um, right. so the the second book is, everything they wanted to find out from the first book, like what happens after they get together at the end. I love it. So all the readers out there listening, what you have learned is if you tell the author, this is what we want, sometimes they give it to you, right? Sometimes, sometimes. It's the first time I've ever been harassed into writing a second book. (laughs) But I think you hit a sweet spot with the older woman, younger man um, 
trope, there aren't as many of those out there as there are, you know, the older man, the silver fox, and the younger woman. Um, do you, why do you think that is? Um, for that exact reason, that there's very few out there. And I think that um, older man, younger woman sometimes can get a little bit too taboo, you know, like you, like you read them and you're right. like, okay, something about this feels a little bit icky. Um, right. <laughs> and I think <laughs> like, like, this is hot, but also, hmm, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also, this is my daughter. <laughs> yes, that sort of thing. It kind of freaks you out a little bit. It's like, yeah, it's a little, a little icky. Right. But, which is, right. I mean, which is fine. Like, everybody has their preferences for uh, tropes. And I have read older man, younger woman books that I do like. And t- but typically, I don't even register it until the author makes a big deal out of the age difference. And I think that's what kind of squicks me out. It's like, oh, why are we focusing so much on her being so much younger? That kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, But, uh, yeah, I guess because not so many people write older woman, younger man, and very few black romances or interracial romances have older woman, younger man uh, tropes that, you know, it just hit a ready and waiting market. Yeah, and I also, uh, I should tell everyone, I know Tasha, and she's like a friend, but I I know that when you were writing this book, and I'm reading little excerpts and teasers and that kind of thing, that you made um, the heroine be a regular, you know, she's not like an older woman heiress who all the men are after for her money. She is like yeah. a normal yeah. human being, so it's really easy for the reader to relate and go, wow, what if that was me? I could do that, right? I I think you really did a great job of making her so relatable that she could be someone in your family. Um, I think that was a real, um, for me anyway, as a reader, that was something where I was like, okay, I, I like her. I would be her friend, right? (laughs) <laughs> you know what? I didn't even think about that. Um, I don't think I'm very good at writing like those high fantasy type um, romances where, you know, like some billionaire hero comes in and swoops them away. Um, I think that Darcy, Darcy is well off. She's not, so the balance is there. He's well off. She's well off. They both have money. They both have their own businesses. And, uh, you know, like they're not coming from a place where one person is kind of like at a disadvantage except for emotionally. Mm-hmm. That's, so they're kind of, and they're even kind of in the same, um, on the same page as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, I never even considered the fact that I didn't make her like, you know, swoop in on a helicopter rich. Huh. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like the, I mean, I haven't read a lot of books where it's the older woman, younger man, but when I have, often they set her up that, you know, to I guess probably to make her even more attractive, there's a trust fund or she's a widow or, you know, there's something that gives her more, maybe, maybe it's power. I'm not sure, but, but I think I it is. I think it's it really refreshing. Power. Yeah. Yeah. I found it refreshing that, that Darcy was, you know, somebody that I might know. Thanks. I didn't even know I did that. <laughs> Well, there you go. (laughs) 
So you sort of touched on it a little bit, but what was your inspiration for writing the 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 first book and the sequel? What what made it pop in your head? Did you see a movie? Did you read a book? Where did that come from? Um, it was a combination of things. <laughs> um, first, it was the first year of pandemic, so I was kind of writing a lot of things. Uh, I had an idea for a story that was going to be like my best friend's mom type of story, like Stacy's mom's got it going on type stuff. Um, oh, I love that. But I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really have a um, like a firm uh, idea. And then during pandemic, some little boy on TikTok did a, <laughs> a video of him tying himself up with the, the belt. Like he was doing like the cowboy handcuffs on his on himself on the belt, and I was like, "Huh, mm-hmm. okay, um, this is all coming together." And then, uh, <laughs> uh, Katie, <laughs> and then Katie Robert wrote her older woman, uh, older man, younger woman book, and I was like, "Okay, this just seems very fantastic, and I want to like get involved in the fun. Like I just wanted to embrace that same sort of energy that Katie had going on. Like she was just completely delighted by writing this book. And I was like, wow, it's been a long time since I've felt that way. And I wanted to like catch some of that energy. And that's how it was inspired. I love that. And do you have a favorite, do you have a favorite scene in the book? I mean, without spoilers, but do you have a favorite scene mm. that when you think of that mm-hmm. book, you, you go, oh, <laughs> It's probably the shower scene where Darcy is, like, uh, spying on him. And then in the second book, uh, it's when she does tie him up for real the first time. Um, Because she's kind of like, he thinks that she's a dumb, but she's not not sure that she's got any dummy tendencies because she's always been a nurturer. So, um, like, he's kind of trying to coax that out of her. So she's learning on the job, kind of. So it's kind of full of, like, I don't know, there's a little bit of slapstick in there. They laugh at each other. Weird things happen, but it's still hot, too. So, yeah, probably those two scenes. Ah, I like it. So is there a little bit of, like, a BDSM thing going on in the book or no? A teensy bit, a teensy bit. It's, um, well, Tomas identifies as submissive, and I, w- I shouldn't say teensy. There's various degrees of submission. And I think a lot of times in BDSM romance, everybody kind of leans really hard on, like, the, the stereotypes and kind of the caricature, caricature version of BDSM. It's like, you know, all latex and ball gags and crazy stuff like that. And they're just kind of, right, you know, two people figuring things out, but without all the props, without, you know, it's just really about their attraction to each other and then being able to communicate what they want from each other. And I think that that is, like, to me, <laughs> that is hotter than, like, oh, she's wearing, like, latex head to foot because I'm just thinking, how is she going to get out of that thing? Um, right. <laughs> like, like, like how, first how to get in it, and how does she get out of it? <laughs> like, what is the point right. of this? Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that um, I, I'm definitely one of those type of readers that if I'm going to read, like, kinky romance, it'll be more of a mind fuck than, like, all of the bells and whistles type stuff. Right. And I think if it's done, if it's done right, um, I love laughing in laughing in a sex scene because it can yes. be 
uh, yeah, it can almost make it hotter because it seems like less of a performance. You know, sometimes in the BDSM books with all the scenes and the things and, you know, it becomes performance instead of, you know, that it's two people getting more intimate, you know? Right, right. And it's, what's strange about it is that the whole point of, like, a BDSM romance is just to exhibit, like, a deep communication and a different type of connection that the, the characters have. But adding in all that other stuff creates a distance to me, personally. Like, it feels right. a little bit colder and a little more distant than it would feel if you didn't have all the props or, like, huge setup right. scenes and stuff like that. Right. And I know for, for like, me personally, it... it, it Sometimes I read those things and I'm like, oh, my God, I fall on my face. How are they? Wait, how do you, you know, whereas it seems a little more realistic to me that somebody falls off the bed and gets a sex injury, you know? Yes, <laughs> definitely that. And, 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 and no one falls on their face, but it's kind of like things that happen in, in real life. Like he accidentally comes in his own right. face and he's really upset about it. Like, what happened? What <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> and then what she's just happened? And he's humiliated. <laughs> you know, but it, like stuff like that happens. Nobody ever like puts stuff like that in a book. You know, like just like the like yeah, we had this really intense hot moment, but here's a little bit of comedic relief. <laughs> you know, to, right? Right. Not only just not only not only just to break up the tension, but to just like demonstrate how like real people kind of interact in these these situations, even though they have, you know, he's tied up and she's doing something she never did before. And he, you know, like it's, it's, right. I think it's just more wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it shows them connecting on an emotional level, not just physical, you know, so it makes them, right. to me, it makes them feel more real, like real people. True, true. I wanted to ask you because you mentioned the pandemic when you were writing this book and I, anyone out there who reads my books, a lot of the recent books have all said, Oh, thanks to the word makers because Tasha um, during the pandemic, when none of us could concentrate because the whole world's on fire at the beginning of the pandemic and we don't know how this virus gets transmitted and everyone's staying in their house and I was desperate to get words on the page, and I couldn't focus. And then I found that Tasha had this group she was making where we would work on Zoom together, and it was a miracle, and I was able to write all kinds of books. And do you want to tell everybody about Word Makers and what it is and how you you brought that about? Sure, sure. Um, it's way more sophisticated now than when I first started. <laughs> Um, and Lisa was there in the early when we were on Facebook Uh, (laughs) yes we've been through many iterations went from like zoom links on Twitter to uh, a Facebook group and then we moved to Mighty Networks but um, it was born from the 20k in five days project that I started it's a writing challenge that I started for myself because um, I was having a hard time just getting inspired. Like I had, I had a bunch of ideas, but I just didn't know where to start. And I needed accountability. I needed uh, witnesses. <laughs> I needed a schedule. Peer pressure is good. I just, <laughs> yes. I just needed a lot, a lot. And I felt like, you know, 
I suggested it to one of my friends, and they were like, oh, well, you said it now out loud, so now you have to do it. And, um, <laughs> you know, just running that challenge has been probably one of the biggest gifts I've ever given to myself. And, like, creating the group, which was kind of an accident, like, you know, uh, we've all been learning on the job <laughs> as we go. <laughs> you built it, like, and we oh, will come. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, we're like, we need a space. And I was like, okay, Facebook. It's like, no, I hate Facebook. We all hated Facebook. Um, and I was like, okay, let's move to Mighty Networks. And then things really got cranking then. Um, but you, you, whenever I think about the group, especially like the, the first, you know, like OG word makers, like you are the one who right. is like most improved. Like <laughs> I always get super inspired by your story. Always. Yeah, well, I owe so much to all of the word makers. It was it was at a really dark point in my life, and and just being able to um, have that community where you know everyone is working, so I'm gonna work and I can do this. It's just a half hour sprint, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and words started happening again. It really is magic. I know we we joke about our coven, but there is definitely you know magic there in having community of people who know what you're going through and who are going through it too, and everyone gets the words on the page. Even though everybody's writing yeah, different yeah. stuff, it's really fun. Yeah, and I think it's it's good, number one, to see other people, especially at varying stages of their career, suffering through the same stuff that, like, a newbie suffers through and mm-hmm. uh, getting to talk and brainstorm about, you know, like, plot ideas and how, you know, what are y'all, how are y'all creating your old ads? What do you do about promo? Like, it's just good to have a space to come to to talk about stuff like that because, Yeah, there's Twitter, yeah, there's Facebook, but this is more, it's like, (laughs) you guys are our coworkers. Like, I go to the office for an hour and a half every day. Yes, yes, (laughs) so it could be like a job. And do our work. (laughs) Yes, and that's that's really what it is. It's like, we've made our own job, but it's also, I mean, not just you, but lots of people have either written their first book or picked up writing that they had dropped Mm -hmm. a long time ago for me. Um, it gave me this, the schedule and structure I needed to, like, really think about what I want my writing career to be. And I don't know. It's just been a huge gift. I'm super thankful for all of y'all. Yeah. And for all the people who might be listening who are, like, new new writers who are looking for some kind of community, um, it, it we don't – I don't think anyway. I don't know. Maybe I should let you say, but <laughs> – I don't think we have like you know an application process that they have to do, right? No. Have, can how can no, people join? No application. Just follow the link that's on my website. Um, there's a link okay. to the actual group, and you get a 30-day trial for free. Try it out. Show up to some write-ins, um, and then decide from there if it works for you. Uh, there is no. <laughs> application but then you said that and I was like hmm, should I have one <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, no no I don't think so I think everybody I think everybody in the group kind of like if you're there and you love it you love it if it doesn't work for you then you kind of just weed yourselves out it doesn't require any like you know big hand in the sky um right you know right corralling or whatever 
Yeah. And and after the 30 days, if you are, you know, if you want to do it, then you get committed and you sign up for the membership. And, and you know, hopefully that also helps encourage you to show up and actually get words on the page. So if you're listening and you're newer to writing, don't feel like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough yet. <laughs> Hop over to Tasha's no, website. The link is right there. <laughs> And click on word makers because we'll help you get words on the page. <laughs> yep. I mean, because that's our real focus. Like all the other stuff is fun. Like Lisa did a couple of tarot classes for us. Um, Lucy Eden came in and did a book box workshop. We got a book cover workshop coming up. Uh, editors, like a self-editing workshop, all kind of stuff. So, you know, yes, you get the book business yeah, stuff. Join but us. most of it is just like... Come in here and write with us because that's what we're doing every day. <laughs> yes, for sure. And for the people who are listening who are not interested in writing but they're really big readers and like to be involved with authors, how about you tell them about your amazing new Patreon that you're doing? You're like publishing books uh, to Patreon first, aren't you? Yes, yes. I'm using it to kind of slow down the publishing machine. Um, not all of us are Lisa. Lisa can crank out like a book in 30 days. Like <laughs> she went from zero to 100. Sometimes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Lisa's always writing something. She can crank something out quickly. Um, but primarily I started the Patreon because, uh, well, I always wanted to start one, but I wasn't really sure how to make it work. Like, I didn't want to make it another content churn, like something that needed additional words for me. So what I've been doing is uh, serializing the novels that I'm writing to a selective group of people on the Patreon. And then at the end, they get the full novel, paperback, and ebook, And um, then I'll, like, whenever I decide to release it, well, why I do? But... Um, what it's really given me is a chance to uh, connect with some readers that like on a more intimate level, which I think is one of the things that I am going to be focusing on for the next little bit because Twitter might be doing something over there and I'm not interested right. in Facebook. So I needed <laughs> to find another way to connect. And I think that is like, it's like right. a, the best way to have like a direct conversation with the readers. Yeah, for sure. I have Patreon too, and I really enjoy the community that you make over there with your readers. And um, and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what Patreon is, if you go to patreon.com, you can find all kinds of art. It's all kinds of content creators. There's podcasters, models, artists, writers, um, people who do their own web comics, all this kind of stuff, and you can get yeah. involved. And what Patreon is is it makes you a patron of the arts. So you can sign up for someone's Patreon. It might be $5 a month to this person, and then you get insider things that other people don't get to be involved in, and you can sort of, in a in a way, be part of the content creation. So it's, it's yeah. really a cool thing to check out. And um, Tasha's is really neat because she's actually publishing books there before they ever get published wide. So go get involved. Yeah, I'm not the first one to do that. I know that there's a couple other people that have a bunch of books that just live on Patreon. And, you know, 
there's this going forward, of course, I'm not going to serialize every novel, and, but some of the stories are just going to live there and they're only going to be available to Patreon uh, subscribers. But, you know, like my larger series and my, you know, bigger stuff that I write will definitely go there first. And, you know, people like to, to be in, in the know. Did you heard it first? The cool kids club type thing. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's a really fun place over there. So anyone who's listening, click on Tasha's link again and hop over to her Patreon because it it definitely is a fun place to be. And there's lots of steamy things to read over there, too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So everybody's always really curious about your writing journey because everybody's is so completely different, especially now that it's not, you know, it used to be that you get an agent, your agent sells your book, and then you have a publisher and that's how it goes. But it's not like that anymore. And so it's always very interesting how it all happened for you. Did you always want to write? Did you, you know, what, what did your publishing journey look like? Um, I, I don't remember always wanting to write, but I always remember being a writer. Um, and as I get older and I talk to, like, my older family members, you know, they, they all have, like, this thing. It's like, I remember when you wrote this poem, or I remember that time you used to make these comic books for you and your friends every, every week in, in middle school. And, you know, when you're living through it, you're not really thinking, oh, this is the thing that I'm going to do when I grow up. Because, honestly, right the message got put in there very early on that this is, this doesn't make money. Like this is fun, but this doesn't make money. So you have to do the thing that makes money. And right. I did. <laughs> and then the, the writing, the more stressed out I was about my day job, the more I wanted to write. So yeah, I just kind of developed from there. I don't have an agent. Uh, I don't really have a lot of interest in traditional publishing, I always say that if I come up with something that I feel like needs a big um, publishing house behind it, then I will uh, like go on submission then. But even then, sometimes I think about like, these are my tiny stories. I don't want to give them away. (laughs) Right. You want all the control. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really hard to relinquish that once you've had it for a long time, because you don't think of it like, oh, these people are going to help me. You're thinking, oh, no, they're going to take all of my money, <laughs> you know, because right. the, the system is not set up for <laughs> this is not set up for the author to win. Like it's it's set up so the the publisher gets the, the bulk of the money. So you have to be ready to be like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, I, I'm going to go for the, <laughs> the, the, the the mark of success is different in this way. You know what I mean? So right. Well, know. hopefully they're getting uh, you a bigger audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all a gamble. Yeah. It really is. It really is. And I think that my, I feel like I don't take a lot of risks with when I'm doing it myself, but when I look at what's actually being published, I know that I am Um, because I don't have to think about, I don't have to think about like who is their customer. I just think about who my reader is and I know her. So I love that. So speaking of your readers, what's next for you? What are you working on next? Ooh, um, I'm working on a top secret book that I can't tell anybody about, which is driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> but that book will be out in August. Um, I'm working on that now. And then the next book will be the second book in the Ampersand series, which is like uh, a continuation series of another series that I wrote that has like all the side characters and how they find love and all that kind of stuff. So the next book will be Time and Tequila with uh, 
uh, East Santiago's brother and Levi's sister from East Santiago's from the bus diaries and Levi is from uh, the truth duet. So that's all in the same world and they're going to hook up at Levi's. Well, it's not you're crossing the, the world. Yeah, I'm bringing them all together because Levi and Ava, who is um, Ava is Eve's best friend. Ava and Levi are getting married, so that's bringing all of their friend groups together. And uh, I just want to see like it's it's chaos. Uh, like every time I look at the the plot, I was like, why did you think that having a story built on you know like it's like one event happening done from several different points of view seemed great before <laughs> I started. <laughs> it's a lot of moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces. Well, before before we run out of time, I wanted to mention the Lust Diaries because that was really um if if people who are listening were into radish, it was like this giant thing on radish and where can people mm-hmm. find the Lust Diaries now? Well, it's not on Radish anymore for reasons, um, but you can still find it. Uh, it's back on sale at uh, Amazon. It's on, in uh, Kindle Unlimited, so you can get it there. Oh, yay. Okay. So everyone, look in KU and grab the Lust Diaries. I promise you, you won't be sorry. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so. So before she cuts us off, how can readers get in touch with you? I know you're, I told everybody you're on Twitter, but where else can they find you? Anywhere? Um, everything you need to know about me, you can find at TashaLHarrison.com. I'm Tasha L. Harrison on Instagram as well and Tasha L. Harrison on Twitter. I'm trying to get a little bit more active on Instagram, but, you know, Yay. social media. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a whole other job. Yeah, it is. Well, thanks so much for coming on at your vacation. Thanks for taking us to the beach with you. And everyone who's listening, quickly go out and be sure that you grab If She Says Yes first because it's really great, and then grab She Said Yes because, really, it will make your weekend so much better. Your week. I guess it's Monday. Oh. Yeah, it is, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for being here, Tasha. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Okay, and everybody, hop over to Tasha's website, and you can find Wordmakers and her Patreon. See you guys next week. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.